This time of year is sort of one of those cheery times of year where uh, it gets dark early in the evening and so all of the lights are twinkling everywhere and we are celebrating Christmas and remembering that Jesus has come and that he has loved us because God is God Emmanuel, God with us. And so this time of year in particular, other times of year also, but this time of year in particular, I think we purpose in our hearts that we are going to be kind and generous and just love people really well because it's the nature of the season. But one of the things that I have also noticed is that there are lots of people this time of year. I don't know why there are more people in December, uh, particularly the closer you get to Christmas, the more people there seem to be. There seem to be more people on the roads. There seem to be more people in the stores. There just seem to be more people than at other times of year. And while I purpose in my heart to be kind and generous and express the season to others, I find that I'm driving down the freeway and all of these people don't know how to drive. And I I find myself driving along and somebody pulls in in front of me because they don't know how to drive. And I think to myself less than cheerful thoughts toward them. I intend in my heart ahead of time to think cheerful thoughts toward people and to express cheerful things. And then I find myself in the moment struggling to actually do that in light of the fact that I myself am selfish. And that is the struggle that we're talking about this morning in Romans 7. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 7? If you were here last week, you recall the way that the passage before this finished in verse 13. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through that which is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. That was where we finished last week. Now we pick up this week in Romans 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have carried the I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I do what is right, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. 
He starts off in verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate, I do. Have you had that kind of struggle before? The very thing that you don't like, the very thing that you don't want to do, that's the thing that you find yourself doing. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Because you find yourself, you, you commit ahead of time. I will this time. This time, I'm going to see my relatives. It's Christmas time. I'm going to be charitable. I will not react in the same way that I have reacted every year when I get around them. And you find that when you do get around them, there you are, struggling at war within yourself to not react that same way that you purposed in your heart just an hour before, I would not do this. But man, they're irritating How come it is that every time we get together, they push my buttons like this and make me do the things I don't want to do? How come it is at this time of year? I I purposed in my heart ahead of time this year would be different. I would not eat all of the sweets. There are going to be sweets everywhere. I will not eat them. I will have discipline. You're laughing. I hope it's because you resonate with me and not because you know me this well. But you find yourself in those same situations over and over again and you purposed in your heart ahead of time, I'm not going to do this, and you find yourself in that situation and there I am doing it anyway. It's this struggle. It's this struggle. Did you know there's something good about that struggle? Look at this. Verse 16. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. Have you thought about that before? When you do the things that you don't want to do, you are agreeing with the law that it is good. You're agreeing with the law. You're saying, yeah, I know I'm doing it, but I shouldn't be doing it. I should be following that law. I I should be doing that thing. You see, sometimes we hate the law. We go, you know what? I don't like that law. I don't think it's a good law. I I don't appreciate that law. But the thing that we don't like about the the law is the accountability it brings to us. Not that the law itself is bad, but just that when the law is there, then it holds us accountable for our actions. It holds us accountable for our thoughts. It holds us accountable for what we are being in that moment. Because the law is there and it expresses what is good. And when we find that, yep, you know what, I don't want to do this and here I am doing it, we're agreeing yet that the law is good. The law is good. It shows us the character of God. And it shows us what it means to live rightly before Him. The trouble is, we just don't do that very well. 
We struggle with the keeping of the law. We, we struggle with the righteousness aspects. And when we struggle with it, we acknowledge that the law itself is good. It's my actions. It's the struggle within me that is bad. So now, he says in verse 17, Now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. What is the sin that dwells within me? I I think that a lot of people have this idea in their head that when they become a Christian, this should no longer pertain. We we understand that for a non-Christian, someone who doesn't know God, that hasn't been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, isn't operating under a new understanding of who God is, they struggle with sin. But once I believe that, and Jesus is my Savior who has forgiven me of sin, and as earlier in Romans it says, released us from the bond of sin and death, then now shouldn't I act in a holy way? I'm no longer bound by that. And yet what we find is that that's not the case. We're we're still struggling against that. There's still this sin within us, this character, this holdover from what was before that works itself out and comes out in ways that we wish wasn't there. All the things that we used to do when we operated according to the flesh, according to the the selfish nature of ourselves apart from God, once we become Christians, that stuff is sort of still there and bubbles out at times. And we try and squash it back and hold it in, but there it comes out. Where did that come from? I thought I was a new person. I I thought I wasn't like that anymore. But here it is. All of these tendencies that were always there before keep coming out in new ways or in old ways over and over again. And it's a struggle that we have. And I want to acknowledge that struggle here. I know we're in church. I know it's Sunday morning. You cleaned yourself up and you put on your nice clothes and you came here with a smile on your face because it's Christmas time and you're going to church. And of course you are happy about that. Delighted. Thrilled. Couldn't be happier. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderfully. I'm just celebrating the advent of the coming of my Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Aren't you also wonderful? Why, as a matter of fact, I am. Couldn't be better. The mastery over my sin has never been as good as it is right now. And we find ourselves coming into this place really wanting for that to be the case and not always actually having that be who it is, who we are, where we're at right now. And so I just want to acknowledge here, even in the midst of a Sunday morning where we're all cleaned up and we all, you know, are acknowledging that God is here with us, that the struggle is real. That struggle of sin within us trying to work its way out is real. And it's hard. And it's frustrating. And at the same time, it is both okay and not okay. 
It's okay that we struggle with that. We all struggle with that. It's not okay when it wins, but that's okay to say. We can share that here. So now it is no longer I who do it, but that sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Isn't that, isn't that the struggle? I, I really, I, I want to do it. I have the desire to do it. It's in my heart to do it. I just don't have the ability to do it. I, I find this struggle very real on the basketball court anymore. It gets more and more real with every passing year. The things that I think I should be able to do on the basketball court, I just can't quite do it. That same principle happens in life. There are things that we just, we wish that this would no longer be a struggle, right? In our clear-headed thinking, we wish that our words would always be clean and pure and uplifting, And there are times that they are not. That's not to say that they are never clean. That's not to say that they are never pure and uplifting. It's just that from time to time they're not. I can't do it perfectly all the time. Though I wish I could. I just don't have that ability. This, this body is not built for perfection. but it will be. Christ has redeemed us. There is a hope that is coming. And for right now, we find ourselves in this struggle in the midst, in, in the in-between while we're waiting. That time where Jesus has saved us and we have not yet been glorified in heaven with Him. And so we are in this place where we are at war with ourselves. A desire to follow God, mixed with this desire to do other things or this uh, character traits that are a holdover from our sinful past that work themselves out at times that we wish they wouldn't. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. He, he's been talking about this, um, this evil, this, this, these things I don't want to be doing. He's been talking about these from the beginning of Romans. In Romans chapter 1, he's talking about those sinful people uh, that don't follow God. In Romans 1 verse 28, it says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. 
And as we read through this law, uh, through these descriptors of those people who reject God and his law, we go, yeah, those people. Because I look at these people who are murderers, haters of God, inventor of evil, and I sort of purposely on accident skip over gossips, slanderers, deceitful, covetous, those things that I still struggle with. And you know when I find this to be most evident? Is when I get around other people and I start shading the truth. Or presenting my best side. Or presenting only the things that I think are most presentable. I get around other people and I go, yeah, sort of like this is, this is where I'm at right now. And I find myself being... A little deceitful about that. A little bit deceitful about um, my spiritual disciplines and how well I am doing in my love and relationship with God. I I find myself being a little bit deceitful uh, about my struggle with sin and, and how I am dealing with that. And, and I find that in that deceit, I'm doing the very thing I don't want to do. I, I don't want to be deceitful. I just also don't want you to know the truth. And in so doing, I agree that the law is good and that this struggle is still there within me. Because I I find an inability in myself to just be out and open. And so when when I struggle with these things, I start reading through this list and go, yeah, there I am, deceitful. There I am, foolish and faithless. Because isn't it that an unwillingness to... um, be open about my struggles with sin is a lack of faith in the grace of God toward me. We, we try to make these things easier by going, okay, it's really hard to be open with this many people. Let, let's be in life groups and we can just be open with a few people. Well, maybe you could just have an accountability partner and you could be a, a, just open with them. And, and you, you find that even at the most smallest, intimate level with one person, it's hard to go, yep, this is, this is all of it. It's that struggle of sin. The deceitfulness of sin that's at work within us. Verse 20, now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I do not, that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. 
Let me read that again. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. It's just right there. This isn't a law in the same kind of way, right? He's he's using the word law here as sort of a contrast to what we've been talking about, the law of God. The law, the instruction about who God is. This is more like a general rule, but he uses the word law so that we can compare the two. And we can see them in contrast one to the other. I find it to be a law that when I want to do good, evil lies close at hand. I find to be a, a general rule that whenever it is that I want to do good, there it is, evil, right beside me, trying to make me do something different. Whispering in my ear. Are you sure about that? Is that really what you wanted to do? When I purposed in my heart that what I wanted to do was good, then I find myself talking in traffic, driving along. Don't do that. Don't you. You took my lane. What were you thinking? Where did you learn how to drive? Oh, California. I knew it. I knew it. That's why there are so many people here. They just come up here for December. I find myself in this struggle that when I want to do what is right, when I want to do what is good, right there next to it is the evil that is close at hand. Trying to convince me to do something else. It's as as if this sin is just working within me, trying to get me to go away from God and do the things that displease Him. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of my God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. I I delight in the law of God in my inner being. This This is what I really want. What I really want is to delight in God and in His law. I really want to rejoice in the goodness that He is. And He has put that within me. In Jeremiah 31, 31, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares their Lord. 
For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. The law has been written on our hearts. And so it is our great desire from within that we would follow it. If you remember in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 17, he, he said that uh, he's, he's glad that we are obedient from the hearts. But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. It's just this rule, isn't it? That even though I delight in the law of God, even though it's written on my heart, yet that these, these members of my body just find opportunities to sin. They find ways and times and places So that he nearly despairs and says in verse 24, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? What hope is there in this struggle? What hope is there in this struggle? Some of you have struggled with things that society considers to be small or trivial. But some of you have have struggled with things that society considers to be a really big deal. And when that's the case, then all eyes are on you. Or at least it feels that way. What am I going to do in my struggle against this sin? As all of this works against me, who will deliver me from this struggle? Who will save me from myself and my own destructive habits and patterns? And there are a lot of answers out there. Programs, institutions, organizations, phone numbers that you can call. But when it comes right down to our sin and the struggle that we have with that, on a daily basis, that that thing that is eating away at us as we are trying to do what is good and find ourselves doing what we don't want to be doing. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through, uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is our hope. In Romans chapter 3, this is earlier in the book of Romans, in verse 19 it says, Now we know... That whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. 
But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. And it was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And when we read this, our natural inclination is to think of that first saving that initial saving, that when we were in sin, we needed this justification that came by the propitiation of Jesus, and that saved us. And then we would like to think that now being in God's good grace, we are fine. But the reality is that we still struggle with sin and we still need the Savior day after day after day, and thanks be to God that He gives us Jesus. So that this is not a one-time thing. It was not a one-time thing that we prayed, God, would you forgive me of my sin because Jesus died in my place. But this is our daily prayer. God, thank you for forgiving us of our sin because Jesus has died in my place. Would you free me from the sin that so easily entangles me and is working within me for ill purposes? In Romans 6, verse 11, it said, So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, uh, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members as sin, uh, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Again, in Colossians chapter 3, it says, If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And then finally, I just want to give you a preview as we are wrapping up the book of Romans for a few weeks. We'll pick it up again in February and we'll pick it up in chapter 8. And I want to give you a preview of the hope that comes in chapter 8. In Romans 8:11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells within you. There is this struggle that is happening within us. That struggle is there and we can acknowledge it. But our hope is in the Holy Spirit who gives life to these mortal dead bodies so that we might serve Him. And the thing that we are celebrating at Christmas time is that Jesus saw that plight and came, God with us, 
to show us, this is my love for you. That I too would become a man and would die in your place so that you may be set free. And that is what we are worshiping him for in this season. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our God, as we contemplate the things that you have done, we recognize that this struggle within us is a war with daily battles of our flesh fighting against our spirit, our desire from the heart to be obedient to you in conflict with our temporary desires of the flesh. And Father, we know that in some way, in some form, we will struggle with this until we die. But Lord, we ask, would you free us? Would you protect us from the deceit of the devil? Would you keep us far from temptation? That we might be not only positionally clean and holy before you, but actually clean and holy before you because of the work of the Holy Spirit within us. And we thank you for a Savior who has saved us from our sin. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.